everybody, I'm Cam Stewart with your fantasy sports news update. The Jets are shuffling the deck. The New York football Jets firing GM Mike McCagnan and named first-year head coach Adam Gase as intern replacement. Crazy vice president of player personnel Brian Heimerdinger also relieved of his duties, according to ESPN. The move is a stunner, giving the timing of it just weeks after the NFL draft. The Jets uh, active in free agency, handing out long-term deals to running back Le'Veon Bell and linebacker C.J. Mosley. Gase, who was hired in January after a failed three-year stint as Miami's head coach, will serve as the franchise's leading voice until a new GM is brought in. Eagles VP of player personnel Joe Douglas, a candidate for the job. Rumors of a rift between McCagnan and Gase has floated across New York City for weeks, and it's believed a disagreement about the signing of Le'Veon Bell was the main reason this went down this way. The Jets are also considering TV analyst Daniel Jeremiah for a front uh, office job. Never dull with the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. The New York, uh, the New England Patriots in talks to bring back free, free agent linebacker Jamie Collins. He won a Super Bowl with the Patriots back in 2014 and was traded to the Cleveland Browns midway through the 2016 season. Collins notching 104 tackles, four sacks, and one pick with the Brownies last year. And the Dallas offensive line could see a major boost as center Tyler Frederick expects to be fully healthy in time for training camp. The 28-year-old missed all of last season with Guillain-Barre syndrome. It's an autoimmune disease that weakens muscles and attacks the nervous system, but he's going to be much better. Good news for the Cowboys. The two-time All-Pro lineman was diagnosed last August. NBA playoff action tonight. The Toronto Raptors meeting the Milwaukee Bucks for game one at 8.30 p.m. tonight. Bucks now minus six and a half in the game over under 218. Series price down a few cents. Bucks laying 290. Raptors are plus 235. One in the NHL playoffs as well. We got game three of the Western Conference final. It goes down at 8 o'clock in St. Louis as the Sharks head to the Blues. Blues minus 140, total five and a half. This best of seven series is tied at one. Afternoon baseball on the go. We got the Twinkies leading the Angels 8-4. to four. We're in the top of eight. Game one of the Yankees-Orioles double dip. We're tied at three in the bottom of the fourth. Pittsburgh and Arizona D-backs up one to nothing. Bottom one, also bases juice for the Snakes in Toronto. Leads San Francisco one to nothing. We're in the bottom of the first there. Let's take a look at the rest of the sked tonight. 635, game two of the double dip between Baltimore and the Yankees. Yankees minus 269, Kashner and Herman. 640 baseball. We got the Chicago Cubs and Cincinnati. Red small favorites, minus 135. Nine is your total. Darvish and Gray. Two games at 705. Milwaukee and Philly. Phillies minus 115. Nine. Gonzalez and Arietta. New York Mets at Washington. The Nationals minus 165. Over under eight font versus Corbin. Three more games at 710. We got Colorado and Boston. The Red Sox minus 145, eight and a half. Your total, Marquez and Rodriguez. Houston minus 370. Woo, at Detroit. Total 10. Verlander versus Soto in that one. Tampa Bay minus 190 at Miami. Seven and a half, Stanek and Urena. We got at 720 baseball action. St. Louis and Atlanta. Braves minus 135. Total nine and a half. Waka, waka, waka versus Sorakaka. We got Soraka and Waka. That's interesting. The Braves also calling up slugging prospect Austin Riley with Ender and Ciarte out with a lower back injury. He's on the 10-day disabled list there. 8-15 baseball action. Texas minus 125 at Kansas City. Over under 9.5. Minor and Lopez. And at 10-10, we got San Diego and the L.A. Dodgers. L.A. is minus 150 in this game. We have a total of 8. Strom versus Maeda. PGA Championship. It looks like the weather is clearing a bit. At Bethpage Black, and right now, Brooks Kepka, the defending champion, still the favorite on the leaderboard at 10 to 1. We got Tiger Woods 11 to 1, Rory McElroy 11 to 1. Should be a great tournament. Things get kicked off 
tomorrow morning from Bethpage. What a tournament. We're waiting for golf's second major. I'm Cam Stewart. Stay tuned as Gabe Morenci hosts Red Heat and Rage Radio. It's going to be a lot of fun on Wednesdays, guys. Friends and super cappers Mark Lawrence and Gamblue join the show. So keep it locked. Stay tuned. It's a lot of fun. Red Heat and Rage Radio on the Fantasy Sports Radio and Television Network. Coming up next. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Game time decisions. All right, let's roll. Game time decisions. Ready to make the radio as we does the next sports radio network. I have Gabriel Morenci. Countdown to the Eastern Conference uh, Finals is on. The NBA Draft Lottery um, is done, but the chaos is just set to begin uh, right now after the Pelicans uh, get the top pick. Uh, in the draft, the Boston Bruins uh, just uh, keep uh, winning. And yes. um, we've got uh, the PGA Championship uh, set to begin in less than 24 hours. It's sunny right now, but that doesn't really mean anything. What's going on, Cam? Yeah, he eats more like a, a pelican or a duck, Gabe, not a pig. Yeah, I remember the pelicans. I never thought about this conspiracy theory, too, with New Orleans. Uh, I know it's not. It's all on the up and up in the draft. I'm just saying, though, with the Saints... And what happened with with Anthony Davis and whatever, it's kind of weird at 6% they win, but that's why it is a lottery. And congratulations, uh, they got a real good situation going down. They can keep Zion. They could try to t- put a trade package together. And, uh, yeah, too bad we didn't think about the, the Pelicans angle in the draft, but uh, they get it done. Uh, good TV last night. Yeah, you said it, the Boston Bruins are killing me, but we have afternoon baseball, and hopefully the Blues won't be putting the Blues to me. If I lose another hockey game, I think I'm going to be singing the blues and uh, got to go to shoppers and buy more uh, tickets, I guess. Got to go see your buddy, Shane. Reload. Well, the Boston uh, Bruins uh, just find ways to win. You've got to keep them. And you've got to keep them. Uh, you got to keep them off the power play. And it's it's amazing. Yeah. Carolina just don't yeah. learn their lesson. And you, know, you have some veteran players on the Canes that are doing some stupid things. Uh, Boston are just better than they are. And they are, and it's showing in in this series. It doesn't mean that Boston's going to win uh, the Stanley Cup, but it means they're going uh, to the Stanley Cup. We have St. Louis and San Jose on top uh, this evening. So we have Mark Lawrence uh, will join us, and um, we'll talk basketball, a little baseball uh, with Mark Lawrence, maybe a little NFL uh, football as well. Lou from Gamble is actually at the uh, Pittsburgh Pirate. Oh, sorry, uh, yeah, P- yeah, Pittsburgh just a Pirate that. Arizona game. Oh. Uh, you should probably uh, <laughs> say, Cam's not on live much. <laughs> <laughs> I did tweet out the show the, and the gas and stuff like that. I, I got the playbook. Thank you. I got the coffee club. Much, much appreciated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So at least you got that. Um, hey. Wouldn't kill you to promote the show, Cam. You know, you hit retweet. Yeah, you know? I, I actually I do promote the show. When I do other things, I promote the show. But you're right, my promotional. Uh, what do you mean? What do you do other are, things? Oh, like when I go on, like sometimes kids what call me things? to do like little hits on their college shows and stuff, and I always tell them where we are on the Fantasy Sports well, uh, Radio Network uh, between yeah, Monday to Friday, four to that. seven. Red Heat and Rage. Yeah, I'm just saying like that's basic promotions. You're so saying what? do more. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying, so what? When you do an interview like once every two months, you you mentioned say once every few weeks. They kind of got my number a lot. I got a lot of people calling, to be honest with you. Usually an insurance company, a kid, never say, saying yeah, I, yeah. I got money for you or nice gifts. It's usually me having to do something for somebody else. Yeah, it sounds like uh, 
Yeah, at least Yang's happy right now. Yang's like, man, Reggie's calling Cam out. He's not calling me out right now. Yeah, exactly. Actually, Yang's like, more of this, brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Take shots at Cam. Good job today. <laughs> Good job, Yang. Although we're like two minutes in. We're two minutes in. So let's let's not uh, let's not get carried away. So yeah, yeah, Lou. Yeah, you got to remember, Cam. Whenever uh, whenever the Arizona Diamondbacks play in the afternoon, Lou doesn't join us. He's He's hardcore. The guy goes to every Wednesday afternoon. Got to respect it. They're winning too early. Granke uh, looks good, and uh, Chris Archer getting lit up. I mean, lit up. Already 3 0 D back. Quick update for you. And Lou, Lou admits that he just gets blasted and barely pays attention. He goes, oh, no, remember? He goes, we go up for shots before the game, drink yeah. during the game, and then leave in the seventh inning and drink some more. Exactly. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Right, game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage, our radio, Fantasy Sports, our radio network, iHeart. Those of you watching on uh, YouTube uh, can see uh, the beautiful New York City skyline behind us and uh, the Hudson nice. the Hudson River uh, behind us. And I'm sure at times you'll see helicopters uh, flying around uh, behind us. And I've brought it up uh, before that usually about once every six months, yeah, once a year or so, one of these helicopters crashes. And, you know, I'm always, I take the ferry daily out there. So I've always got my eye up whenever I see these helicopters. And lo and behold, helicopter goes down in New York City's Hudson River. So, like, New York, man, there's so many crazy things that happen. You don't really even know. Like, this basically happened, like, outside of our window, I see. Uh, nobody was hurt, but uh, the... The helicopter fell short of the helipad and landed in the water. <laughs> uh, uh, non-life-threatening uh, injuries due to debris. Um, so the helicopter strike again. I've never been a fan of uh, helicopters, but uh, that's beside the point. Let's bring in uh, Mark Lawrence uh, right now. MarkLawrencePlaybook.com. What's going on, Mark? A lot going on right now, Gabe, with the NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, and the uh, PGA starting this week. We usually see that at the end of the golf tour, but uh, they moved it up a little bit this year, so they're going to try and keep that uh, golf experience excitement going starting this weekend. Yeah, not to mention the New York Jets fired their general manager today. Good call, Gabe. Yeah, I was reading in in Mark's Coffee Club. I didn't realize that, Mark. Great uh, stat of the day when you're talking about the Wanamaker Trophy, the trophy for the PGA Championship. You say it weighs 27 pounds and 20. Like, I thought thought the Stanley Cup would be uh, heavier than that. But this uh, trophy, it's... uh, it's got a lot of girth to it, I guess, then. 27 pounds, that's a, that's a heavy trophy. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised to see that myself. Uh, you know, it's quite a little bit to be toting around, if you will. And uh, also that it was named after Rodman Wanamaker, who was a uh, the founder of the PGA and paid for the first tournament. So uh, hence they call it the Wanamaker Trophy. 
here I am expecting picks from you guys, telling me how much the trophy weighs. <laughs> we got to do our Let's history, history lesson first, Gabe. History lesson. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. All right, I've got, I've got a history lesson and a little trivia for both of you. We'll get back to the golf too. Um, I don't know. Cam might know this, um, but Cam might know because he's in Toronto. So I'll start with you, Mark. So Vladimir Guerrero Jr., remember the great Vladimir Guerrero of Montreal Expo and then on the Angels. Uh, So Vladimir Guerrero Jr. finally hits his first home run uh, last night, and then he hit another home run. He crushed them. Like, he's he's, he's here. So he went deep twice last night, which it's only happened, like, twice in the history of baseball where a guy hit his first home run, like, in a game and then hit another run. And Manny Machado was the last one to do it. But what freaked me out, I didn't know this, He's the youngest Toronto Blue Jay player to hit a home run since who? To hit I don't a expect home Mark run. To yeah, the youngest. He's 20 years old. All right, so he's the youngest guy. He's the youngest guy on the Toronto Blue Jays to hit a home run since this guy did it, and it was a long time ago. And it blew my mind when I saw who it was. I would have no idea. I mean, we're not talking Fred Cam, McGriff. Throw, throw a dart, Cap. Jesse Barfield. George Bell. Jesse George Barfield. Bell. Damn it. Uh, Fred, Fred McGriff. It Bell? No, no, it's not George Bell. Oh, Danny Ainge. Prime dog. Oh, oh, yeah. Excellent call. That's Danny amazing. Danny Ainge. Ainge. That's How about right. that, Mark? For the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Great, great hey, trivia. Hey, Gabe. That's a tough you, one. You, hey, Gabe, you mentioned Danny Ainge. I have to tell you the story here, if I can, real quick here. Yeah, My no young kid. My young kid brother, okay, uh, he was he uh, he passed real young at uh, Hodgkins at age 22. But before he went, he went to the NCAA Final Four with a bunch of buddies up and it was up in Philadelphia, and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. hanging around up there with everybody. Well, that was when uh, uh, BYU had their basketball team in there and whatnot. So they're hanging around the bar afterwards, and uh, all you know, all the girls are flocking around and. Uh, Come up, and he goes talking to the girls, and uh, I don't know who he was. And he said, uh, "I'm Danny Ainge," because uh, he did look like <laughs> Danny Ainge. <laughs> so uh, they're playing, they're playing there that weekend, and uh, because because he used the line Danny Ainge, he had uh, he had a hotel room booked the whole entire weekend with all sorts of whatever girls he wanted because he was Danny Ainge. <laughs> it was a great man. weekend for him. Our man, see, unfortunately, they, you know, no disrespect to the ladies he was with, and our condolences, Mark, but no disrespect. You know they're not very smart uh, when they, they think they're hooking up with a Mormon in a bar. <laughs> that's, that's excellent point. That's true. That's true. They were players they at a bar. <laughs> I didn't say yeah, they had they high IQs. I just said they're good-looking girls. Yeah, they didn't all. say they had IQs. They were good-looking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, honestly, and honestly as well, as far as BYU, I'm not so sure Jim McMahon adhered to the the Mormon ways, guys. Excellent <laughs> point, too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he had his own set of rules. I think Ty Detmer Who's, did, though. <laughs> didn't you have an alias too, Marenzi, when he used to go to hotels? What you like, like, like how my Michael Vick, Ron Mexico, though? Yeah, yeah, Gary Brown, Gary Brown. That's right, because I was watching a murder show and it was Det- Detective Gary Brown was solving the case. Yeah, I've also used John Vaughn uh, in the past. John, John uh, Vaughn. J-O-N. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yes. Former running back with the Michigan, Michigan Wolverines. Wolver- 
Yes. Um, so on a more serious note, but how about this, guys? So the New York Giants are the football team in the New York area, and even nationally, that so many people have questioned their their decisions, right? Um, sticking with Eli Manning and being as loyal to Eli Manning as they have been, not re-signing, uh, you know, Collins and trading Odell Beckham. We could go on and on. So the New York Giants. Say what you will. If they have a bigger plan and there's a vision, Gettleman says, trust me, give me three years, blah, blah, blah. It is what it is. But Gettleman was the one that people were calling for. Gettleman is like, Gettleman this, Gettleman that, Gettleman is clueless. And the the New York Jets have quietly been kind of, um, they've been kind of efficient over the last couple of years. They've had some strong drafts. They've got some good young defensive players. Looks like they got a good quarterback in Sam Darnold. Um, another good draft this year. They get Le'Veon Bell uh, to sign with them. I'm just saying, it seems to me, I don't see what the general manager did to get fired <laughs> Like right now. You're going in the I right agree. direction. And you have Adam Gase, who you can actually question whether that was like the one mistake almost, hiring Adam Gase, yet I'm not so sure he really did. And we see this, that the Johnson kid is the one running things. But it just reeks of dysfunctionality, guys. And I'll start with you, Mark, but it's all about stability in football. And so now you've got guys that McCagan drafted and stuff thinking, well, now my guy that drafted me is out. What's next? Adam Gase comes in here, never been a general manager before, wasn't a great coach with the Miami Dolphins. And the one strength that Adam Gase has that he can hang his hat on is that, listen, I'm a smart offensive guy. I'm a good X and O guy. All right. I'm not questioning whether Adam Gase knows football, but I also know Adam Gase doesn't get along with people and he doesn't know how to communicate with people. He's awkward. We saw that press conference where he looked like he was on acid and he ran Jay Ajayi out of Miami's room. He ran Jarvis Landry out of the room. He doesn't get along with football players. Yet he's a coach and now he's the general manager. Like, it's like the New York Jets. You guys, like, shoot yourselves in the foot before the season even freaking starts, Mark. It's a disaster in the making is what it is, Gabe. Uh, We saw it down here in Miami when he got along with nobody. I mean, the players you mentioned, Nadakam Sue, he leaves the program because of him. Jarvis Landry, you go on and on and on. Nobody could get on the same page with him because he's an egomaniac. And the bottom line is when he was hired, he was hired supposedly because of his offensive proficiencies as a an offensive coordinator. But, you know, that was given more of the talent that was around him than him bringing that talent out. And uh, I don't know what's going on there. If Johnson's putting his, his love and trust in uh, Gates, but I think it'll end up being a big mistake. Yeah, just when, uh, well, listen, as, as a Buffalo Bill fan, I tweeted them. I want to congratulate them on the hire, and I hope Adam Gase a long, uh, long career. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire.
right, game time decisions. Ready for Rage Radio continues. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, iHeart Radio. Um, we've got Dan Daly going to join us later. VegasInsider.com's uh, Dan Daly uh, will step up and in. Uh, great, great golf uh, handicapper. Uh, lucky that Dan uh, can take a couple of minutes to be with us a little bit uh, later on. Um, we've been just continuing to uh, to bring you uh, top-notch guests on the morning show. David Cohn joined us this morning. David Cohn. Uh, we'll replay the uh, the interview with David Cohn uh, a little bit uh, later on. Great stuff uh, with a five-time World Series champion and a really funny story about him pranking George Steinbrenner. Uh, I wish we had more time uh, with Cohn, but uh, we did it. But we do have more time with Mark Lawrence. Uh, right now. Um, so, Mark, yeah, we're talking about this functionality of, of the New York Jets, and it can't stay out of their own way. But listen, the New Orleans Pelicans aren't exactly a model franchise either. Um, we see, you know, the Anthony Davis stuff, and it's just been a train wreck there the whole time. The Bensons are a football-owning family. Yeah, the Pelicans have never really, really got on track uh, in New Orleans. But they end up with Zion Williamson and uh, Cornegay over at the Westgate in Vegas, moves the Pelicans from 300 to 1 to 25 to 1 <laughs> after last night's results, guys. Woo. Gabe, is the New Orleans Pelicans to Las Vegas sooner than later? That's going to be the move, the NBA franchise move. And if it happens, then you put... Zion and AD together here, that'll be quite a draw in Vegas. Yeah, but no, they're never going to play together. AD and, and, well, you know, who knows with the Pelicans? I mean, they bring them back, they sat them down. But I think now, now is where the fun begins for everyone. And I always hate, like, the rumors and speculation and stuff like that because it's all speculation. But there's going to be stuff that goes down here. They, you can't have AD anywhere near Zion Williamson, guys. AD's a he's a cancer. Uh, he's, he's managed by Maverick Carter and LeBron James flunky crony buddies. Uh, we've already seen he, he's he's not a team player. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't even let them meet. Uh, type of thing. I think I think guys, the question it comes down to is whether is 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 AD going to end up on the Lakers? And it seems like the Pelicans don't want to do it out of spite. Or the New York Knicks. And, you know, the New York Knicks don't want that third pick. They need to, they, you know, they'd rather get a star out of this uh, than get R.J. Barrett. And R.J. Barrett could be good. But if you're the Pelicans, guys, how about this, Mark? Um, you trade with the New York Knicks. And you can get more than just the third pick. So you give them Anthony Davis. You give the Knicks Anthony Davis. You get the third pick. You get Knox. And you, you, you cherry pick a couple other guys off the roster. And uh, and then you draft R.J. Barrett because John Morant's going to go second overall. So you get you get R.J. Barrett, and then suddenly you have Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett together again. How about that, Cam? I like that. I like that. And you said uh, even with all this stuff happening, looking at Davis, and you said it, Morantzi, It's just a it's it's just a screw screw up job there. The guys he has, his the PR people he deals with, he still wants to be traded. Hell, I'd be in a happy in a situation come like that when you can have a star player playing there, but. All the damage was done last year. He's going to leave. It's almost a guarantee. And, uh, yeah, you said it. Zion Williamson, man, you can't be around that atmosphere. you got to start clean. You can't have anything bad happen. He's a good kid. He handled himself really well in the draft last night, and you don't want to be anywhere near Anthony Davis. I think he ends up uh, probably playing for the Knicks. That's my prediction. 
Um, or so Anthony Davis leaves the, the Pelicans. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's not. Yeah, he's there, not. Right? Or, exactly. Or there's the off chance that they get really crazy and they trade Zion Williamson as well. They trade yeah. both of them. That could happen. <laughs> right? It, it, and I only say that I only say that because Zion Williams is not happy that the Pelicans won the lottery. He put on a brave face last night. They hit him right after. Like, he started to get freaked out. He was in shock. Right? Like, <laughs> and, and it never crossed his mind. Well, you figure out of the choices that, you know, was pretty much assumed. And there's a report that he, he really wanted to be a Nick. He really, you know, come on, man. MSG, New York, and you know, you're the new Patrick Ewing. That's And KD going there, like, he really had that. And if not, how about the Phoenix Suns? Not bad. Nice weather. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. Nice young core. All right. Chicago Bulls. Same organization as Michael Jordan. Same organization. I'm the new Jordan. Same organization as Jordan. I get the Bulls jersey. Zion Williamson. It's perfect. Cleveland, even. All right. I'm the new LeBron. I, um, LeBron was successful here and was a mega star. I can do it here. All those were sort of possibilities dangling, maybe even Atlanta at 10%, where, hey, Atlanta's a cool city for NBA players. New Orleans, man, nobody saw that coming. <laughs> like, I guarantee you, not even, like, the Pelicans didn't see it coming. And think about this, guys. We'll, we'll get to the Raptors stuff with Mark here. But think about this, guys. The New Orleans Pelicans told the New York Knicks that if you guys get the number one pick, we'll give you Anthony Davis for it and because we want to get Zion Williamson. They get the number one pick without trading AD. Brilliant. Now they can trade AD yes. to the Lakers for the fourth pick, the third pick, give us Brandon Ingram and the fourth pick, right? Like they, the, the Pelicans are holding all the cards. The only question is how long does it take them to F it up? <laughs> but, but that's beside the point. So uh, Raptors and Bucks, I love Mark Lawrence, but I don't even know why I'm asking him this because I know you're on the Milwaukee Bucks, Mark. You know correctly, Gabe, I'm on the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I read the coffee club. I, Mark would there be shocked yeah, if yeah. it's not Golden exactly. State or Milwaukee. You're like, you're like you're reading it all disappointed. Come on, Mark. Come I on. thought shock was a little strong. Come on. Shocked, a little strong. The Raptors, I mean, the Raptors aren't like an eight seed here, Mark. No, they're not, and they're a very formidable opponent. But, you know, the bottom line to me is I think Milwaukee has this dream season going on right now. Uh, and, you know, with the Greek freak running the uh, the show there right now for the season that they had here, I don't like Toronto in the playoffs on the road, and I don't like them early in the series where they'll yeah. find themselves in a hole here. They leave Milwaukee down 0-2. You know, that could be exactly what the Bucks are looking for here. So uh, I'm looking for Milwaukee game one. If not, I will press the daylights out of it in game two. But, Mark, I uh, think you know, they're both teams are even. Like, didn't you think, too, Gabe, when we, when we talked about the series odds, Mark, and you know as a capper, like, Gabe and I were talking. We would have made Milwaukee. I, you know what? Maybe two hundred. Maybe a, he said a buck eighty. I say you know two hundred. Maybe it's, oh, it's I said three, it's minus three hundred. Yeah, you said one sixty, and I was saying maybe two hundred. But it came out three hundred. Updated now offshore two ninety three hundred mark. That's a hell of a lot. That's a three to one favorite. They're pretty evenly matched. I thought uh, the books were a little generous with the with the series uh, price there for the bucks. 
I think what the books don't or couldn't afford to risk, guys, was a cheap enough price where it would be all Milwaukee money coming in, uh, not just so much from the Sharps, but especially from the Squares. And they just couldn't afford to do that, to put this game out of anything less than $2. Uh, they got to protect their position doing just that. And I think they did a nice job with the series price. Uh, if you do like Toronto, obviously, you know, you're going to go all in at that price. But uh, I think that price is there for a reason. I think they're wrong. <laughs> I think they're wrong. And as you state, Mark, always respect the odds maker. Uh, but, you know, this stuff about, oh, Milwaukee minus 280, Milwaukee minus 300. The Milwaukee Bucks record on the season was 60 and 22. The Toronto Raptors record on the season was 58 and 24. There's a two-game differential between the two of them. And the difference is they didn't rest the Greek freak 21 times like we did with Kawhi Leonard. The Raptors didn't even try to finish like at the number one, and they were still only two games uh, behind them. They have much more playoff experience. And let's look at the teams that they played this year. Ooh, the Milwaukee Bucks with all their big double-digit wins. Yeah, big deal. You played the Detroit Pistons, the Chicago Bulls, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. The only good team in your division are the Pacers who lost Oladipo. The Raptors are playing a division with the Philadelphia 76ers, Boston Celtics, and, and Brooklyn Nets, all of which are good. I'm telling you, Mark, Milwaukee are a fat cat playing in a bad conference. They have this, they're a fat cat in a bad conference, and they, they never play in close games. The close games are going to get to them. The Raptors are going to win this series in six games, plus 650. Ooh. Raptors in six. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. I heard that dissertation, and uh, the thing that stood out to me is we. We is in. Uh, I'm a Toronto fan. I'm Toronto biased, uh, and you know I think the <laughs> uh, no bias I, you know, this, this is year, my, Mark. <laughs> this is my Toronto team. Everything you the points you make are great, Gabe, and they are. They're all legitimate points, and uh, arguably there's a lot of value to Toronto here for this price. Uh, especially given the fact that Milwaukee could be that fat buck, as you say. But uh, you know, I just can't get past those double-digit wins and the fact that no, the, the, what we call on a coffee club before, that uh, no team has ever not won the title after doing what Milwaukee did this year. And I just don't see anything derailing this train other than an injury. Uh, so, you know, I'm, it goes seven games maybe, but uh, the bottom line to me is I'm going to ride the bucks out. Fear the deer? You know what we do with deers in Canada? Run them over. Yeah, oh yeah. But Run them all. Gabe, I will say, I will say this about deer: they do a lot of damage to automobiles. Very, very uh, like moose. Yeah, yeah. they can yeah, really yeah. hurt they'll a be, car. Be, they're gonna, they'll break our windshield. <laughs> yeah, they're not gonna. You're Freaks, not gonna be unsafe right when you hit the windshield. deer. <laughs> Trust me, I know, man. I lived up north. I've seen them. Just smash picture cars. like Bob and Doug McKenzie in a in a eighteen in a rig running Milwaukee yep. bucks over. Honk, honk. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what about tonight, Mark? Um, well, all kidding aside, what about tonight in the game? You think um, Milwaukee needs to step up? Music is playing. What do you got tonight, Mark? Well, what I'm doing is I'm going to fade Toronto off of uh, off of a seven-game series win. Teams that win game seven of the playoffs will open up on the road the next game have a really, really tough time witnessing Portland last night. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Mark Lawrence, yeah. playbook.com. Excellent stuff. Thank you, Mark. You guys enjoy Take the care, games. Mark. Be well. Bye-bye. 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Warriors easily covered the seven and a half point spread on points bet last night, winning by 22. If you get that easy money, go to pointsbets.com slash grid and open up a points bet sports wagering account and enter the promo code GRID grid and you'll get two risk free bets up to a thousand bucks. An additional traditional betting points bet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet by. For example, if you bet the New York Giants minus three and they cover the spread by seven, winning by 10, you'll receive seven times your stake. That's pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter the promo code GRID and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. Game time decisions uh, continues. Fantasy Sports uh, Radio Network. So, yeah, Lou normally joins us on Wednesdays. He'll be with us tomorrow. He's at the baseball game. Uh, Speaking of baseball, David Cohn. Uh, will join us uh, 540 while we spoke to David Cohn uh, this morning. Really, really good stuff. Uh, sounds like he's got a really interesting book um, in which he was able to write a book that's very detailed with some great stories and behind-the-scenes stuff. But unlike Ron Darling, David Cohn did not, you know, throw his teammates under the bus. And I brought it up to Cohn at the end. We didn't have enough time, but I said, you know, you're two New York pitchers, right? I mean, Ron Darling's a New York pitcher. He's the New York Mets television analyst. David yep. Cohn's a New York pitcher who's the New York Yankee television analyst. So, you know, when Ron Darling's book came out and caused all this, David Cohn's thinking, oh, boy. You know what I mean? Now people are going to think or expect me to throw people under the bus or there'll be, you know, there'll be an expectation or there'll be a come down because people will think this book is boring since I did it. But what's crazy is, Ron Darling managed to piss off people without even being funny or entertaining. You know what I mean? There was nothing to it. Oh, Gary Carter once, uh, I once saw Gary Carter's kids punching all-star ballots. Um, all right. Gary's a competitive guy. He told his kids, hey, vote for me. You know what I mean? That's something Carter would vote do. Vote for dad. But, vote for dad. Yeah, vote for dad. You know what I mean? Like, But, you know, his, like, out of the blue random Lenny Dykstra used to yell racist stuff at Oil Can Boyd when even Oil Can Boyd said, I never heard anything. And, you know, the whole thing was just dumb, and it tarnished. It totally tarnished and ruined Ron Darling's reputation This with the New York Met players and, and the fan base, et cetera. But David Cohn's smart, and if you're going to write a book and you're going to do this stuff, you tell stories about yourself. You know what I mean? That's what Cohn did. Cohn never threw anyone on the bus. He said, I got wasted. I did drugs. Yeah, and he exactly. even said, "I'm not going to say who, but I was with somebody." And like he basically protected people. The only person that he talked openly about in the book is David Wells, who I guess is it was cool with it. He said, "Yeah, yeah, tell whatever story you want." You know what I mean? Boomer, Dave well, Wells. We know David. Care, right? <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. David Wells. We know being a New York good Toronto, we got the best side of Boomer Wells. Yeah, yeah. He, yo, he's been known. He's been known like pitching some of his best stuff. Hungover. He partied his ass. Oh, well, he's and admitted it. Right. No, yeah. He, it, yeah. 
You're, you he's said not, it though. Like, he's not David like, oh, don't tell David people, Cohn, you know, that I partied and stuff. David Cohn's class. He's class. I'm going to look forward to hearing the interview, Gabe. And uh, you've got, as I said before, many times on the show, you guys have been really racking up. Uh, who's ever helping get the guests on the morning shows doing a bang up job. You had Mike Smith again, champion jockey on the favorite improbable David Cohn, one of the best pitchers, former Jay. He helped them uh, huge when they uh, had their run to the world series. David Cohn is a, a class act and a real, really good pitcher. And I'm uh, looking forward to it. I've always liked David Cohn. A yeah, great pitcher. Kind of underrated actually in the grand him. scheme of things. I, I called you and they're like, David Cohn's on. I'm like, oh, okay. I'll call back. I'll call back a little bit later. He's a, a little bit uh, bigger than uh, Cam Stewart there. Just a tad. Yeah. Just. <laughs> you guys are so busy in the morning. Right. Got the A-listers, eh? I'm getting bumped. Oh, we got, got everybody. Yeah. We had the New Orleans Pelican yeah, beat writer on today. And, nice. Uh, you nice. know, what else do we have? We had, uh, who do we have? Uh, we had Rex, uh, Rex Hoggard on this morning. Rex Hoggard. Golf channel. Rex yeah. Hoggard. Yep. Yeah. He knows his stuff. The weather seems um, he to be. Likes, how, how's the, how's, uh, how's the weather there, there, Gabe? Is it? Yeah, I like. Here's the thing. I know we talk about Cantlay. Here's the thing with Patrick Cantlay. I've had him many times before. He's a great top five, top ten bet. I'm just not sure if he if he can win the tournament. It's going to be an absolute grind this week. Uh, you know, I I can't bet everybody. Dustin Johnson will do really well this week due to the length of the course too. He can just grip it and rip it. And the thing about him is, when he hits the ball 330 30 yards. He often finds fairways. Guys like Rory and Gabe. That's why I think I took my first pick at twenty to one. I think I think when you look at the odds, John Rom and Jason Day are being disrespected in comparison to other favorites at twenty and twenty-two to one, respectively. I think both of them are definitely going to be top five, top ten bets and in the hunt, and their odds are a lot better. I was thinking about uh, John Rom, and uh, it was heavy consideration. Uh, for John Rama, played him uh, on a couple of occasions in these majors, and he just disappoints me every time. I know that his game <laughs> is made for this, and eventually, I guess maybe he's got the game for it. But hey, so does a lot of other people on this tour have the game to win a major. I just can't. I think it's going to play tough, and you know the PGA Championships, not the U.S. Open, so I don't think the pin placements will be as sadistic, Cam. You know what I mean? Like, you know how the U.S. Good Open call. guys are just pricks? Like, they just want to, like, oh, yeah. embarrass the golfers? Yeah, they're, like, they're just they're jerks. When won that U.S. Open, it was, it, was, it was almost an embarrassment to golf. They just watched people hit shots and balls were rolling down slopes, whatever. Like, it got to a point where it was basically an amusement park, and it was wrong. I think the USGA learned their lesson. Excellent point that you bring up about methodical. Yeah, the PGA doesn't want to. No, they don't want to embarrass their players. It's you know what I mean. The U.S. Open's like, hey, you guys think you're so cool? How about hey, yeah, look at where we put the hole, <laughs> right? Like they're you know, yeah, every no, day they're no, like, oh, Beth you played Page. well here yesterday. We're gonna move it, <laughs> right? Beth Page um, Black, Black is hard enough as it it's is. It's already hard enough. That's the thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you can't you can't have methodical pin placements on slopes when guys are actually gonna be hammering balls 220 yards from wet fescue that's thick and this is in new york let's remember the style of grass too gabe we grew up here it's thick lush stuff that's so hard break your wrist on that type of grass it's not like down south where the heat has baked it out and it's like hey and you could punch any club through it it's going to be a hell of a lot of test of golf they can't have pins that tough it's going to be hard enough already i've been watching golf channel all day now i got the baseball on but they talk to like uh fowler and all the other guys they're thinking like eight eight under Eight under is probably going to win. Eight, nine under, they're talking about. They go, if anybody gets to 10, 
God bless them, because it's going to play tough. And that's with regular pin placements. Like, it could, if the weather, if it gets colder or rainier or anything happens, it's going to be a nightmare. Like, minus five, minus, minus five might win, minus six. So it's a tough test of golf. You mentioned the baseball. We'll get back to the golf. And I actually played. Uh, I didn't play much, but that's the one cool thing, Cam. I get why you guys like betting on golf. You don't really have to bet a lot to get interested in it, right? I mean, oh, you like you a guy at 40 to 1. You know what I mean? Like, I put, I was like, well, I'll put 20 bucks. And I'm like, I don't need to put 20. I'm not even sure he's going to win. And I'm like, whatever. I'll put five bucks on this. You know, <laughs> like, I'm like, wow, five bucks. I got 195 back. So I just sort of, I went on a little sprinkle, five here, 10 there type thing. Yep. Uh, but what like I, this me. is, this is funny. So the, Yan- the Yankees are playing a doubleheader right now. You just mentioned the baseball. They're up 5-3 right now in the uh, bottom of the seventh inning. Uh, looks like Orioles have a runner on second base um, with a two out. So we'll keep our eye on this. So I have the Yankees. I parlayed the Yankees with the Astros. Verlander's on, on the bump later tonight. But I tried to do this, Cam, and I've never done this before. And they didn't let me do it. I tried to do it on the machine. I tried to parlay the Yankees in both games. Which, I don't know why they wouldn't let me do it. Like, it's kind of frustrating, to be honest. You see, you see what I'm saying? Like, I tried to take the Yankees in a parlay to win the doubleheader. Yeah. Game one, you wanted Yankees game yeah. one doubleheader. You wanted Yankees game two doubleheader. They were both on the board on the I, screen. I, I could do it on my book. There's another game. I could do it on my book. I could do it on my book. You could, eh? I could do that. Yeah. Yeah, you could, you could parlay two two legs of a doubleheader. They wouldn't let me do separate it. games. That's weird. They wouldn't let me Different do numbers. It. They didn't. I've noticed on my book, some of them, they don't let me parlay golf matchups. It really pisses me off. Like, say you have Kepka minus 180 against somebody, and I used to be able to do it all the time. It's really weird. Books change their systems and the way yeah. they let you do things. Like, it almost seems on a daily or weekly basis. Like, there were things I used to be able to do that I can't do anymore. It's really weird, man. Yeah, if yeah, you notice I don't know why they would let you. Now, they're, they're separate games. It, <laughs> they're separate. If you notice both books now... They're they're not down with parlaying series prices either. No, it used not. to be everyone no really cared. Like you could just parlay this series with that series, and or they'll let you do it, but not the same sport. And you know, basically, they have little algorithms, Cam, in which they've lost money doing things. You know what I mean? So they'll look and they'll say, "All yeah. right, look." And we've taken for years. We've taken parlays on series, and we've lost every time. So make them like basically, you know, like some sports books. You know, you could tease the game, but you can't tease the same game. Like, they, New Jersey had that for a while. Now you can tease the games, but it was basically, I could add seven points to the Giants, and I could add seven points to the Bills game, but I can't add seven points to the side in total. Yeah, I know. Right? Like, so they have st- that on a lot of books. stuff yeah. like that. It's, yeah. I don't understand that either. Why can't you do it with the game, right? I'm taking a side. I'm because taking a total. What do they care? Yeah, yeah. Say the Bills are plus seven and a half. Well, yeah, I like them to 14 and a half and the total at 34. We're going to put, uh, you know, we'll put it down to 27 and go over. Yeah, sounds good to me. I don't I don't get it. You know what? Yeah, they, I, it's so they're stupid. costing themselves money because of course they are. It's it's hard to win a same team teaser. That's the worst I bet ever. We you. talk about it. two two team teaser with two separate teams in football in the NFL is very good. guys. NFL numbers yeah. are generally pretty sharp. There's not that many blowouts. You're getting plus seven points. You can manipulate the number by seven points in two different football games. You should be able to do this, right? Where you screw yourself is when you do it in the same game 
And then basically you're asking to win two bets in the same game, which the odds of happening are really like five to one or something. And you're actually laying minus money on it. I was talking about it like a a two-team teaser, a teaser in the same game in a football game is essentially like laying a parlay at minus money. It's not worth exactly. it. Exactly. Right? And I know that's I might ball in for it a million times. That's what our boy Jimmy but I, gave. <laughs> that's what he used to say. Why are you doing that? Why are you teasing the same game? Parlay it. Parlay it. Parlay it. That's what he said. You answered the question. Like, he used to say that to me. He goes, why did you tease the same game? Sure, even you win or you lose, you could parlay it to plus money. You're so right, man. Like, it's a stooge move, actually, doing the same teaser in the game. The books should let it happen. You're right. They'll lose more than they win. They'll get more money from people. It's a tough bet. Yeah, I don't I don't understand the logic of, of some books. But, yeah, so they wouldn't let me do the doubleheader, which is probably fine because, and I sort of get it, but to be honest, a lot of times, which it surprised me, a lot of times if there's a doubleheader, they won't put the number up for the second game until after. So that's, that's what surprised that's me. Because they won't know who's playing, right? A lot of teams play doubleheader. They're not playing the same guys again later at night. There's going to be bench players playing tonight in this Yankee-Baltimore game. True. Not everybody. There'll be a couple of guys that'll play both games. But for the most part, there's going to be three, four new guys in the lineups tonight. So it's actually disadvantageous to the better to bet it before. You know what I mean? Like you're laying minus 250 in a game. Yeah, we don't know. Yankees are already all hurt anyways. They could rest like three, four guys, and you get screwed. So, yeah, they should have taken a bet, but I don't care. It is what it is. I played a couple of parlays. I've got the Yankees parlayed here with the Astros, and I've got another parlay with the Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays uh, tonight to beat the Marlins, who are on pace to be the worst team in the history of baseball. Yeah, they suck. It doesn't matter who pitches for them. Yeah, I had uh, Min- I have Minnesota in this game, but uh... – yeah, it's eight to seven now. The tw- the Angels just scored three runs. Okay, yeah, wow. Minnesota just won eight seven. So I went a little bit more, but I also had them on the run line. Eight to four lead going into the inning. Thanks for nothing. Like, give me a. Anyway, they will share our baseball picks. Basketball. We played a couple of props, and uh, we went contrarian last night, and uh, we got murdered. Last night was my worst night betting in, in months. I didn't win one bet. The only bet I won was a ping pong ball in the lottery. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, game time decisions. Ready to take a video. Next is sports. Video, not work. I have people fancy. You know, I told Cam, I'm like, uh, like, uh, come on, Cam. You got to check out uh, Twitter to know that uh, Lou's not with us. But I actually don't think, I think it's like the first time ever I actually didn't tweet something before the show. <laughs> I yeah, thought I, I did. You gotta get, I retweeted, give me some love. I, I retweeted the network's uh, tweet about the show. Like I read, I, I tweeted it. about the show, but yeah, I didn't. Uh, I also like I never tweeted saw out. Lou and Daily. 
Lou put a picture of the game too, Gabe. Yeah, so it was actually funny. Right after he kind of you yelled at me, I saw, and he's like, uh, just had a picture of the Arizona-Pittsburgh game right there. So didn't really say anything either, just a picture at the game. But anyway, 5 nothing snakes right now. Uh, Lou must be enjoying himself knee-deep in margaritas as the home team is crushing the Pirates. All right, so yeah, Dan Daly uh, talking PGA Championship. I'll tweet this out, PGA Championship with with the Vegas Insiders. Vegas Insider, Dan Daly. It's got a weird Twitter, though. It's like underscore, then Dan. Yeah, Dan a lot Daly. of under, underscores are tough. Dan, uh, Dan Daly. And, uh, yeah, we'll run through... Um, We'll run through the PGA uh, top uh, top five, top ten uh, potential uh, plays. Uh, I played a couple of golfers here. I was at the book earlier. And, uh, you know, I'm more just a recreational golf uh, better. And I haven't won in forever, so I'm kind of getting tired of it. And to be honest with you, like the last few majors, I went bigger. You know, like I'm yeah. losing these make-the-cut parlays every time. Uh, I, you know, like an idiot, I said Patrick Reed wouldn't make the cut. Like, you know, I just... I think I lost like three to five hundred bucks or something on the Masters. I wasn't happy about it, so no, I sort of sprinkled uh, here, and I went with all guys that are all. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. The news update from Game Time Decisions. News, 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 Hey, everybody, I'm Cam Stewart with your Fantasy Sports Radio News Update. We thought this was going to happen. Now it's confirmed Kevin Durant will be definitely out for Game 2 of the Western Final with that calf strain. Durant will be looked again by team doctors on Thursday. A clean bill of health for KD and can see him active for Game Number 3 Saturday in Portland. The Warriors up one to nothing in the series. We talked about it today. The New York Jets shuffling the deck, coming at a very weird time, too. The Jets have fired GM Mike Magadan and uh, named a first-year head coach Adam Gase as interim replacement. Crazy stuff's in Jets land there. Vice President of Player Personnel, too, Brian Heimerdinger. He's also been relieved of his duties, according to that, to ESPN. The move was stunner just weeks after the NFL draft, and now this. The Jets active in the free agency market, too. They picked up uh, long-term deals, signing Le'Veon Bell and linebacker C.J. Mosley as two huge signings there. Gase, who was hired in January after a failed three-year stint as a Miami Dolphins head coach, will now serve as the franchise's leading voice until a new GM is brought in. Eagles VP of player personnel Joe Douglas is a popular candidate for the GM gig. Rumors about a rip between McCagnan and Gase have uh, floated across New York City for weeks. It's believed a disagreement about the signing of Le'Veon Bell was the final straw, and now this one went down. The Jets also considering hiring TV analyst Daniel Jeremiah for a job in their front office. Never a dull moment with the Jets. The New England Patriots are in talks to bring back free agent linebacker Jamie Collins. New England in talks to bring him back. He was a Super Bowl winner with them in 2014, but traded to the Browns midway through 2016. Collins, pretty good year. Notched 104 tackles, four sacks, and had a pick with the Brownies last year. And good news for the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. 
they could see a major boost as center Tyler Frederick expects to be fully healthy in time for training camp. The 28-year-old missed all of last season with Guillain-Barre syndrome. It's an autoimmune disease that weakens muscles and attacks the nervous system. So good news for him. And the two-time All-Pro line uh, lineman was diagnosed in August, but it looks like he's healthy and on the mend and ready to come back. NBA playoffs, Raptors and Bucks tonight. Game one in Milwaukee. Bucks laying six and a half. Total 218. Series price down 10 cents. Bucks minus 290. Raptors plus 235 in the NHL playoffs tonight. Game three of the Western Finals. The puck dropping just after 8 o'clock. San Jose at St. Louis. The Blues minus 140. Total five and a half. This best of seven series tied at one. Let's go afternoon baseball on the go. The Twinkies hang on to beat the LA Angels 8-7. to seven. This one is now a final. Orioles and Yankees game one of the doubleheader. Yanks up 5-3, to three, bottom seven. Pittsburgh and Arizona, the D-backs scoring again 7 nothing in the bottom of the fourth. And San Francisco leading the Blue Jays 3-2 to two in the bottom of the fourth. They have a runner on, no out. Rest of the schedule, 635 game two of the doubleheader. Baltimore and the Yankees. Yankees minus 265, total nine. Cashner and Herman, 640 baseball. Cubs and Reds, Reds minus a buck 35. Nine is your over-under. Darvish taking on Gray. We got a pair at 705. Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Bills minus 115. Uh, nine is your total there. Gonzalez and Arietta. Then it's the Mets and Nationals. Nats minus 165. Eight, Font versus Corbin. We got a trio at 710. Colorado and Boston. The Red Sox, a buck 45 favorites. Eight and a half, Marquez and Rodriguez. Houston minus 370 at Detroit. Total 10, Verlander and Soto. Tampa Bay, big favorites tonight, minus 190 at Miami, 7.5, Stanek and Urena, 7.20. We got St. Louis and Atlanta, the Braves, minus 135, 8.15. Texas, minus 25 at the Kansas City Royals, over under 9.5, Minor and Lopez. And at 10.10, we have San Diego taking on the Los Angeles Dodgers. L.A., minus 155, total 8, Strom versus Maeda. PGA Championship gets underway tomorrow morning from Bethpage Black in New York. Golf second major. The course is going to play long, ladies and gentlemen. Brooks Kepka, the defending PGA champ, and Dustin Johnson right now. Co-favorites at 10 to 1. Next up on the board, Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy at 12 to 1. I'm Cam Stewart. Stay tuned. Gabe Morency hosts the second hour of Red Heat and Rage Radio. We'd like to thank Mark Lawrence. And Dan Daly will come down to break down the PGA championship a little bit later on in the show as well. So keep it here, guys. Hour two, Red Heat and Rage Radio coming up next. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Game time decisions. All right, game time decisions. Ready to break radio. Thank you, Yang. Yo, Yang. Thank you, Yang. All right, um... The Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart, uh, get us, uh, getting us caught up to date. A lot of stuff to get to. We've got David Cohn, as we mentioned. Uh, I see that uh, former Toronto uh, Raptor general manager, uh, Rob Babcock, has uh, passed away after a uh, really? fight with cancer. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, it's, you know what? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, man, cancer, huh? Uh, I guess he was uh, he was with the Minnesota Bills Timberwolves fan, right now. Bills fan yesterday. It's it's brutal, man. The guy was only thirty nine. Uh, it's pon- just it's, it's it's a nightmare. Yeah, Poncho uh, Poncho Bila passed away, man. Bila, yep. Yeah, it's. Uh, I am not gonna lie. I got choked up when I saw that. This guy, you know, man, he was a tough guy. This guy. I didn't realize how dire it was, man. You know. 
And in fact, I'm looking at it right now. You know, like that's the thing people don't realize. I know you know when people like, you know, well, Buffalo this and Buffalo that and the Bills this and that. Yeah, we don't win, but you know, we haven't won a Super Bowl. But I got to tell you, like you'll you'll be hard pressed to find an organization, a city, fans, and a team that are sort of family as much as the Bills fans are. You know, from I agree, Gabe. Like honestly, like, like here's Kim Pagula tweeted a picture of her and him. Poncho is a pillar of positive strength and energy for me and all of Bills Mafia. Tremendous inspiration for our team. Fortunate enough time to spend time with him and get to know his story. My heart goes out to his children, friends, and family. Viva Los Bills. You know, like a lot of owners would be like, Yeah, one of our fans died. Yeah, what what do you want me to do about it? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like yep, I do uh, know what you mean. You know, they let this guy draft, the, you know, call out the draft pick last year. This year, he knew they were drafting Ed Oliver before anyone else did. You know, there was the video. They actually called him in the hospital, and they told him, what do you think? We're going to take Ed Oliver. Like, uh, yeah, it's touching. It's it's sad. But, you know, the Bills are going to play hard for this guy this year, man. I There's agree. a push to get and the Pancho Bila stickers on the Bills' helmets this year. I think that'd be a good move, and... That's the thing when we talk about life, you know what I mean? Like there's things that happen in the Bills community yet in some of the biggest games in their franchise. That's why I don't believe about like sports and whatever, you know what I mean? What what's going to happen is going to happen because if good people were going to win at life, they'd have they'd have Super Bowl wins and they'd have something their fans would have something. Then you get an organization like the Patriots there and look with them. All they do is win. So, you know what I mean? We can't uh really, you know, break it down that way in the whole scheme of things, but I hope that happens, Gabe, and you're right. I don't like when people go up and uh, Buffalo's the butt end of jokes. It makes me sick, actually, to be honest with you, because there's a lot of hardworking people there that deserve better. And I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm a Seahawk fan, but I got a soft spot in my heart for the Bills and the AFC. I hope you guys kick some ass this year, or win a lot of games. I want the Bills to do really well. Yeah, it may be sad too to know that they never won, you know, for them. You know, I know. You know, his life, this guy went to all the games. He traveled like uh, he was in like uh, he was hard freaking core, man. Bunch of former Bill players here. Pretty, pretty rattled, pretty, pretty rattled by it. And, you know, I'm getting, you know, it's hard here. Just look at this picture. The picture of the of his hospital, man, after he's gone. And it's, his Bill's mask and all the flowers are there. And uh, so this is him, man. He said before he died, I don't want any flowers at my funeral. I hate flowers. <laughs> he said, I want people to bring backpacks for kids filled with school supplies. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Pacho. Bill's Mafia won't forget you. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, let's roll. All right, man. It's been a couple of times, man. Pancho died a while ago. He'll get Um, Wow. Yeah. Going to be an emotional uh, first home opener for the Buffalo Bills. And 
uh, Buffalo Bills open up the season against the New York Jets, who suddenly find themselves in. I don't know why the Jets did this. They just handed the keys to the castle to Adam Gase. But they say, well, Adam Gase, he's just going to be the interim general manager. Except how the hell do you hire a general manager now when you tell them we already have a coach? Right? It's not like every GM would say, oh, yeah, Adam Gase would be my coach. Like, Adam Gase was a strange hire in the first place. Okay? I agree with you. I agree. You just made him the GM. He's never even coached a game here before. And now he's the GM of the team. And it's not like, okay, it's not like you're Mike Holmgren, dude. And and you know this, Cam. No coaches, GMs never work out. Mike Holmgren wasn't as good after. Like, you know what I mean? When he wanted to do I, it, all oh, these guys, John Gruden, they're time. coaches. You guys are coaches. You're not GMs. It's different. It's a different mentality. Coaches are not oh. good GMs. John Gruden ran the Bucks into the ground. John Gruden would have ran the Raiders into the ground. Even the Raiders are smart enough to say, we better bring Mayock in here to slow this down. Yeah. You know I mean? We better get exactly. another guy in this room here. You know, like Mike Holmgren, when he started making, like, you know, godlike decisions, it's one thing to coach players. The best coaches are coaches. And it's funny. The Patriots won the Super Bowl, so you can't criticize them. But, you know, it's funny. They were last year, the saying was you look at the Patriots roster, and it was like Bill Belichick, the GM, screwed Bill Belichick, the coach. <laughs> that, like Belichick just thinks I'm not paying you. I'll get someone else, and he does. He it works for him. Yeah, but it does. Adam Gase, Cam, come on, man. Adam Gase is in charge. You come on, man. You don't think players on the Jets right now are talking? To, you don't think someone on the I, Jets is friends with a guy in the Dolphins, and he says, "Guy, man, you have no idea what a mess this coach is." Like people talk. He ran Jarvis Landry out of town. He ran AJ out of town. You go down the list. Adam Gase can't be a general manager, bro. Adam Gase in Miami, too, was a failed coach. He had three years in that program and did a horrible job with everything that he touched there. So you said it. From the inst- from the time that he came to New York, it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe an ex is an O's guy, but you said it, too. Unrelatable, weird things that happen. I just, I, I think it's nuts. And and the Jets had a good situation going where the Giants were the laughing stock in the city. Now the Jets are putting this upon themselves. Like Sam Darnold, all the good things that they've done, they bring in... And I, I guess they said the straw that broke the camel's back was the difference between the general manager and Gase when it came to Le'Veon Bell. Well, you know what? You can have a difference of opinion. It shouldn't get the guy fired. But the ownership of the Jets obviously take the side of Gase, who's done nothing, not even won a game coaching that team yet, which seems really, really weird to me. And it sets up for really bad things to come. If you're other teams in that division, great. You know what I mean? Let these guys just have their own problems and and burn themselves. I think it's absolutely nuts, Gabe. Oh. And uh yeah, and Mark Lawrence said it. The guy's an egomaniac. He did a bad job with the Miami Dolphins, and it's to me, this is nuts. I can't believe they're in this situation. Now, he will not be the G- – he'll only be interim, Gabe. You can't keep him there. Uh, he can't do. He can't wear both hats. I know they're talking about the guy from the Philadelphia Eagles, Douglas, but there's got to be somebody else on the short list too. This guy cannot coach the Jets and be the general manager. This has to be a short-term thing, very short-term. Yeah, but so this is – this goes deep now. And as I stated, they haven't played a, an effing game yet. Whatever, I'm a Bills fan, so bring it on, baby. But you guys haven't played a game yet. You have Sam Darnold. You have Robbie Anderson. Nice chemistry. You had a great draft. You get Le'Veon Bell. You have new uniforms. Your crosstown rivals are playing in the same stadium, reviewed as idiots. You guys are on Monday Night Football against the Cleveland Browns. You're, you know, it, basically the only problem you guys should be having right now is uh, basically you don't have enough people like selling tickets on the phone. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, exactly. Like, they, like right now, like the Jets should be like a well-oiled machine. All right, hey, we just sold another 600 season tickets. Good job, guys. Hey, let's go for drinks. There shouldn't be turmoil. You bring Adam Gase in. We talk about this. What do we talk about Adam Gase? What's the, what's the first thing he did? I don't like Jay Ajayi. I remember his exact quote. All he does is try to score a touchdown. Yeah, that's all he did in the Super Bowl, too, score a touchdown. <laughs> Why does he want a Super Bowl? Uh, Jarvis Landry. Every damn year with piece of shit quarterbacks, this guy's got 110 catches. Runs him out of town. Like Jarvis Landry couldn't, like, basically couldn't communicate with people. He doesn't like star players. I said this this morning. And like you just said, so now it's coming out. We get word. Adam Gase didn't want to sign Le'Veon Bell. And it's not like Le'Veon Bell cam, like, doesn't have thin skin and superstar athletes that just signed with a new team that just held out. It's not going to bother him at all, knowing that the guy that's the coach didn't want him and now is the general manager. I know. Are you shitting me? You guys just gave Le'Veon Bell $80 million and you don't even want him? Like, are you kidding? Le'Veon Bell? This guy is more sensitive than Mariah Carey. Like, no wonder he didn't show up for the minicamp last week. (laughs) No, no, I'm not kidding. Like, no wonder he didn't show up. You know he knows all this. Yeah. And Adam Gase is now going to be, and and everyone else in the room is going to know. Yeah, Adam Gase doesn't even like Le'Veon. Probably doesn't like me either. Didn't like Jay Ajayi. Doesn't like him. Didn't didn't like like Jarvis Landry. And then they're going to start talking. What the F did this guy ever do to get this power here? Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is beyond, like, this is beyond pathetic. Beyond pathetic by the New York Jets. That they, they fire the guy to keep a coach who doesn't like star players after you just sign Le'Veon Bell. And who's their defensive coordinator now, Cam? <laughs> it's Craig Williams. I, oh, wow. Which, yeah. it's just... It's oh, just dude, a, th- th- you know what that is? That's a science it's just, that's with a, a kid where we're adding the baking soda. <laughs> like, that, this thing's going to blow up the whole room. This is a recipe short for of, disaster. With these all that's egos. missing is Michel Theria. Let's just hire Michel yeah. Theria to <laughs> coach the defensive backs now. All right, like, <laughs> you make me. I sick. swear, you 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 guys tackle like I've never seen tackling before. <laughs> you tackle like you want to be the worst tackling team in the NFL. Team in the NFL. Okay, I tried. Now we run drills. <laughs> like, you know, now we so, run drills. Yeah, now, okay, now we run drills. Now we run drills. Uh, Oh, that'd be great. Uh, that'd be a great joke. You translate that into, I swear you want to be the worst <laughs> tackling team in the NFL. Team in the National okay, I tried to be nice. I tried to be nice. No more, Mr. Nice Guy. The other teams run for 400 yards a game. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Greg Man, Williams. Like, that's such a great, combustible such a great point. in his own right. You, you and can't Greg Williams happen, is going to be dude. in the room saying to the players on defense, Gase is an effing idiot. Don't worry about him. Yep. They're not going to yeah. get along, Jason Greg Williams. I guarantee No, they're not. No, I agree 100%. Gase is an Greg ego Greg Williams maniac. is old Greg school players psycho. guy. I know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is. Players love Williams. Yep. Players love him. Like, I'll give you $5,000 to kill Brett Favre. Like, he, they love him. You That's know what right. I mean? Hey, bounty like, he's, list. Yeah, yeah he's. Okay. Yeah, on the list. <laughs> old school. Who's on the You know what? He's going to put Adam Gase on his list. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, can people what, think, oh, what's the big deal? I talk about it on the morning show. They're like, oh, what's the big deal? It's just a general manager. It's just an executive. No. Oh, it's a big deal. It's a dynamic in the room now. Now everyone in the room is going to go, God, I wish Greg Williams was the coach. He gets no, us. You brought up the best. You brought up the best. He gets point. us. Let's go, Gates. You paid, you paid money for this guy, and he knows that the coach actually said, "You know what? You're the problem. We don't want you." And and Buddy gets fired. That's a disaster. You said it. That guy's already man. He is soft, soft, soft. Le'Veon Bell. The minute something goes wrong with Gates, it's gonna be <laughs> boom, dude. It's gonna be Le'Veon Bell crazy, might not, man. He might be the first one ever to hold out back to back years with two different teams. I'm starting to you know what. I just thought about the same thing. He might if tell I, them, you know what? Not I'm not playing. Play. I don't want to play I'm not playing. Revoke the yeah, contract. I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm I actually serious. would make that bet right now. I have a, I, have, I, I think I have a better chance he of Le'Veon Bell. He already has like $30 million supposedly in the bank. You're right. Yeah, he already has Le'Veon like 30, 40 Bell supposedly. He might say, you know what? Like, I'm going to F my knee up for this guy, Adam Gase, that doesn't even want me. F this. I hate you the said NFL. It. You, you said it, Marenzi. I'd rather bet on on Bell not playing than Patrick Cantlay winning the PGA Championship. <laughs> 50 to 1. <laughs> sort of coming together now that Le'Veon Bell didn't show up, though, isn't it? Yeah, it all makes sense, man. It's like, yeah, it's coach doesn't like pick. me as if I'm going to show up to your optional mini pen. F off. <laughs> I wouldn't show up either. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Vlad Guerrero Jr. mashed his first two home runs of the year last night, tallying three hits, four RBIs. If you weren't using the DailyRoto.com MLB Fantasy Optimizer, you may have had him on your TFS roster bench. Swing for the fences, playing daily fantasy baseball with DailyRoto.com. Become the eighth lineup optimizer winner to win a million bucks in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. You'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, and the use of the same daily lineup optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get a special 10% discount today. Here's the headline right now at the New York Daily News. New York Jets fire general manager Mike McCagnet and surpass Nixon Giants' as biggest joke in town. <laughs> I love the way you do it in New York. Just smash, smash. Yeah, you would get that here. headline on the Toronto. Like, imagine if oh, they no, did not, like, the Leafs, like, the Toronto Star. Like, they wouldn't happen. Like, they wouldn't say, oh, Leafs, Raptors, Blue Jays' biggest jokes. Like, New York, and everyone's yeah. just like, F you. <laughs> they just write whatever they yeah. want. <laughs> They'd have something like, they would do like some witty, like Gase the God or something like that. That's what they'd have with an exclamation point. You know how they do those stupid things, Gabe? Like GG or something like that. They'd have Gase. They're the worst. Like on top of like a mountain or something like that. Oh, yeah, the sun. Yeah, they, they're great at that shit. They'll just have him, yeah. The Toronto like on Sun top, on top is like, of a, a mountain. like a bad <laughs> New York Post, the Toronto Sun. Like they, they try to do the funny headline, but they're, they're stupid. Uh, yeah. And even, yeah. listen. 
I'm pretty good with like one liners and stuff. I got to give him credit, Cam. Nothing tops like the New York headline people. Like, you're good at it. Like, the the puns and like, nah, but they do it quick. You know what I'm saying, man? Like, they'll have like, like, I can't even, you know, like, they're, they're examples. They're just, they're very, very good, like, with the quick sort of pun with it and the Photoshop stuff. Like, you know what would be good? Jesse would be good. Our boy Jesse. And good to oh, have yeah, Jesse back sure who does our gifts and stuff and Photoshop. He's smart with stuff like that. Like, I, I'd, I'd be sitting there. You and I would be in the office all night. What's a good headline? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I got, yeah, are, like, you, yeah, Jesse will come out with McGag gone, like, Instead of McCagnon, McCagnon gone or something like M A whatever with gone with the exclamation point there because McCagnon sounds kind of like McCag gone like you know what I mean one of those situations but Jesse's better you're right the he, McCag- he's the king McCag-gon. of that stuff yeah McCagnon like you know what I mean like something like that like I can't even do it right but yeah something along those lines you're right the star you know I just uh, came the, up the, with the sun, the sun does it poorly you have <laughs> how about this instead of Melrose Place so sort of dysfunctional soap opera. You put like yeah. all the jet heads on like Heather Locklear and everyone's buddy. Gase's place. Yeah, I got I like that one too. Or I got another one. Oh, gasoline. <laughs> like he's lighting it on fire instead of gasoline. Dumpster fire in New York. Ding dong. Gasoline. <laughs> and already you can have one. Le'Veon gone. <laughs> Instead of yeah, Le'Veon, yeah, Le'Veon, Le'Veon gone. Yeah, Le'Veon, Le'Veon gone. Le'Veon gone. Yeah, I like Le'Veon gone. Oh, they're getting ripped everywhere. Here's WFAN yeah, Joe Beningo rips Jets over. He goes, this is garbage. <laughs> New York Daily garbage. News. Jets are biggest laughing stock in town. Right now, James Dolan's like, man, I've had a good couple of days. <laughs> I didn't get Zion sure Williams in, but I'm gonna, getting KD. Right, we got the third pick. Jets and Giants exactly. suck. <laughs> Excellent point. Excellent point. Looks nice there, Gabe, today. I, I, I see some sun in the... In the background, know what my favorite thing, though, is you talked about the helicopter. Every time when we're doing the show with you in the background there, I've noticed more than, like, I see the boats go by, there's always that one huge bird. Like, he kind of goes, and he's, like, right near your window, and he kind of, like, flies slowly by. He's a monster. Yeah, he's a big crow. I don't know what the... Yeah, he's like a condor or something, man. He's huge. I like that bird. He hangs hangs around right out the window, yeah. I like him. Other birds are scared of him. No shit. He takes up when you're flying behind your head. All I see is like the wingspan of that bird. Man, he looks tough. Yeah, you don't want to mess with him. It's it's pretty crazy that I've actually gotten to know the ducks and the geese. Yeah, nothing wrong like, with that. Don't be nice to the geese are mean though. No, like I walk past, like I walk past, and I'm like, oh yeah, there's that couple. Like there's two of them, and I never really realized it, but you're right, man. They're not friendly. And oh, they're not. They're horrible. There's a video actually of a ge- it happened in New York here, dude. The geese just randomly attacked some chick. She was just walking past, and he just flew at her and started like trying to get her. <laughs> oh yeah, no, and they'll hurt you. Like I was on a golf. I played golf, and I hit one in the fairway, and there's a bunch of geese there, and they come after you. Like, and the thing is, if there's like multiple geese, like if they're in a posse, like four or more, they're not afraid of humans. They'll come up to you. They'll bite your leg. <laughs> they'll hiss at you. They're pricks. Like, can't, people think, oh, Canada geese. Wow, they, they got to be nice. No, they're not. They're horrible. They're absolute bastards. They're horrible to people. <laughs> They'll pick a fight with you. They're the instigators, man. Absolute bastards. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, I'm disappointed. Oh, tomorrow we'll get the uh, tomorrow we'll get the headlines. We'll know what they come up with. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I look forward to it. I think ours were pretty yeah, good. I like Gase's place or Gaseline. You notice too in my backdrop, Cam, like. So with my head, so you sort of have some modern buildings behind me here, right? You can see. Yeah, I see. I see the buildings. Yep. The big, yeah. But just so when I block, when I block them, it really does look like the. It's like the intro of Barney Miller. <laughs> it is. It's nice. I like it. Like see in the background, it's like the you old, got like a moving boat there. I like to look at things that are happening in your back in your background with the big birds and yeah, the boats. I'm not and stuff. lying, like, dude. I'm almost well. It's too, you know, whatever it is, what it is. I'm sure it'll happen eventually, but. The helicopter crashing would have been behind me. Yep. Like it crashed on 30th and 12th. That's 30th. That's 34th right behind me. Like yep. we would have seen the helicopter go down. And I like in typical New York fashion, a helicopter crashed in the water and you would not know right now, Cam. That was so like noon hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, People it's like, under the helicopter. Radar. Yeah, yeah, whatever. That was four hours ago. Get over it. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. I remember uh, speaking to Drusilla, and I was here it was the day after. There, like, I remember it was like a, an attack. A guy like ran a bunch of people over in a van, like he did in Toronto. It happened here in New York. Yeah. And I remember on CNN, they were like, "New York is like on edge and living in fear after another terrorist attack." And I saw Drew in the morning. He goes, "I didn't even know what happened." <laughs> like, <laughs> like I mean, it's you know what I mean. Like the city's so big, you don't know. You know what I mean, it's like what a helicopter, like. Dude, I was just there. I had no idea a helicopter crashed. You know, there was nothing out of the ordinary. I guess they scooped it out of the water and stuff pretty uh, pretty quickly. But I see all these tourists all the time uh, getting on. Um, <laughs> I see the tourists <laughs> all the time getting on the helicopters. And I'm thinking, I wouldn't be doing yeah, that. Not my move. Right. I agree. As a tourist, helicopter I'm going to avoid tour, it. Yeah. I, I, I will say, though, I like the ferry to your place. Like, when I came to New York and I, I, you know, I walked there, I sat down. You can have a drink at the bar. They give you a nice box of popcorn. I was eating some popcorn, and it's a seven-minute drive right across. Beautiful. And you know when I came, it was cold as hell. Like, on a nice summer day, that'd be a real refreshing trip. I'd really enjoy the ferry on the summer day. Like, I enjoyed it when it was ice cold and windy. In the summer, it's going to be great. Yeah, we should know. Cam says they give you a box of popcorn. They don't give it to you. You got to buy it. No, no, I paid for the popcorn. I paid for the popcorn. Two bucks. Yeah, yeah. It was really cheap, though. I just don't want to make, yeah, it's not like free popcorn on the ferry or something. Yeah, no, they do not give you free popcorn, and they do not give you free drinks. There's a bar in the terminal, and there's a popcorn stand with other options. You're allowed to drink on the ferry. Cool. Which actually surprised me. Yeah, you're allowed to drink. You're allowed to drink. Um, Yeah, you just can't get over the edge or do anything stupid. I've gotten drinks a few times from that bar. There's been a few okay. times where I was I was blasted leaving a game and you know waiting for the ferry. I got a got another double or whatever. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you got to get you. There's, there's been times. Like, yeah, yeah. There's been a few times I've been drinking on the ferry. Not too often. It's as long as it's in plastic. You're not allowed a bottle. It's got to be like in a. You got to get yeah. it from the bar in a cup. Ball. Can't walk in with like a bottle of Budweiser in your hand. You no, know you mean? can't. Hey, everybody, uh, smash! No, yeah, you yeah. can't have bottles. <laughs> Glass is not a good idea on the moving boat. But yeah, no, they're pretty cool. I remember the last time I was there, they had like a SEC basketball game or whatever. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, okay. Like it's like just a little functioning bar with four stools. It's it's nice. It's cool. I just think it's a nice way to travel. I've always been a fan of boats in comparison to the subway or anything else. Like I 
that's what I liked about like Vancouver, like going take the ferry from Victoria to Seattle. Like that's one of my favorite things to do, man. It's awesome, Gabe. Big fan of uh, the the transportation by boat. Sign me up. Um, so we're talking about the New York New York Jets. They fire their general manager, and there's a big domino effect to this. The report is that Gase didn't even want uh, Gase didn't want Le'Veon Bell. And only the Jets would hire a coach, sign a free agent that the coach doesn't want, that the GM wins the battle over, and then fire the GM before the season starts. Like, you can't make this stuff up. Insane. Um, But a lot of talk was about the New York Knicks last night, getting Zion Williamson, potentially getting the number one pick. And it didn't work out for them. They got the third pick. But all things considering, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. Like, look, Campbell, I had a hunch the Atlanta Hawks would do well. Yeah, the Hawks fell from, like, 10% to, like, the eighth pick. Right, so the I Knicks know. could have fallen to the fifth pick and been out of the mix. In this year's draft, it was imperative that you were in the top three. There's a big drop off after the three, but the top three is is valuable. Two would have been better because you could have fallen ass backwards in a Jamarant. But right, exactly, R.J. Barrett's going to be a good NBA player. The New York Knicks are still in a good position here, guys. They really are. They have the third pick. They have money to sign two max contract players. And they have a lot of big-time free agents that are interested in them, right? So they could parlay this into something. They just, you know, how do they do this? But I hate to say it, but very similar to the New York Jets, Cam. Do you have 100% confidence that the Knicks will do all the right things? <laughs> no. The answer is no. I thought the lady for the, the Knicks too, was going to bring the puck last night. Not so much. Yeah, Jamie Gertz. Yeah, I know. I like her. I like her. For an older woman, I'm like, hey, I really like She's hot. Nice. Big I didn't fan, know she owned fan. the Hawks. I didn't either. That's why I was cheering for them last night. I was like, come on. Oh, Gert. hard on. Oh, all right, David Cole next, and then after that, all of our picks. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Yes, I am. Morning, All right, guys. Uh, quick question here, though, Gabe, uh, for you here. Dude, I don't know if you, and this is your neck of the woods, but, but Vlad Guerrero Jr. smashed his uh, yes. first two homers of the year last night. He had three hits, four ribbies last night, and uh, I bet you anything, a lot of you who probably weren't using DailyRoto.com didn't have him in the Fantasy Optimizer. You probably missed out, and that's where you went wrong. So our suggestion is swing for the fences so you don't miss out on another like that playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com. You can become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer unit to win a million dollars in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament, or you can become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars. So if you are playing MLB DFS and you're not using DailyRoto.com, stop what you're doing right now. Head over DailyRoto.com, enter the promo code FNTSY, 10% discount. You'll get the lineup alerts, the ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, and you get to use those daily lineup optimizers that are produced millions 
wins and DFS winnings. It's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package. DailyRoto.com, promo code FNTSY. Get that 10% discount today. All right, we'll get to that Vladimir Guerrero uh, Jr. stuff. Yeah. Uh, goes deep and then goes deep uh, again. But uh, let's bring in a man who was one of the best big game uh, pitchers, uh, one of the, the winningest uh, players in baseball history, a five-time World Series champion, full count, the education of a pitcher uh, by uh, David uh, Cohn is, uh, has been uh, released. And I'm fascinated by the efforts uh, that I've read uh, so far. And I'm not just saying this. Let's bring in uh, David Cohn. David, good morning. I know you're, uh, you're busy this morning. Thanks for joining us, man. No, thank you, Gabe. Good to be on with you. Um, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying your work uh, this year, and I always uh, I always have. We're in Studio 34, Midtown Manhattan, uh, right now. So, Dave, I'll start off with, you know, I've read a lot of biographies, man, and being in this business, I've gotten the ball. And normally, well, I grew up on a farm in Iowa, and my father taught me this value, and and you went a little di- different traditional route. It was, you know, it was fascinating to read. Just basically, your your honesty about the the psychological struggles and battles of being a professional athlete and specifically a pitcher at you know how did you know when you when you were i'm gonna write a book did you say you know what i'm gonna dig down deep and i'm gonna share what my feelings were as opposed to just telling some anecdotes and mailing it in a little bit but uh, brilliant job from what i've read so far dave well, thanks, Gabe. I appreciate that. Yeah, that really was the goal. I mean, when I got together with Jack Curry, who's a great writer with the New York Times for several years, uh, he's a friend of mine. So there there was a real trust factor there that I could kind of peel back some layers and tell the truth, tell the truth about a lot of the mistakes I made along the way, some of the some of the drugs I got in in the minor leagues and being around the Royals and when, when that team got busted and several players ended up going to jail and, uh, and then the minor league days, how tough that can be. And then even through when I threw a perfect game, game for the Yankees, how uh, there was a lot of doubt in my mind, uh, uncertainty and anxiety, and uh, it's okay to show that. It's okay to rely on your catcher. I think that's one of the the best chapters in the book is about the pitcher-catcher relationship and how pitchers can be kind of flaky and uh, we can lose our minds on the mound sometimes, and a good catcher can, can really be the most important thing for, for a pitcher when you're going through those things. Well, like talk show hosts, right? We can be flaky and lose our mind, and, and I guess always think you're right. I guess is that a key as, as a five-time champion and as a pitcher, you're out there by yourself, so to speak. But to be a champion and I guess to be successful in life almost, you have to trust your teammates, don't you, David? Like you have to have trust well, that really they're going to do the right thing for you as well. That You know what? He's calling his pitch because he knows it's the right pitch. Exactly. You know, and the pitcher and the, and the catcher relationship is like a dance. You know, sometimes the catcher leads, sometimes the pitcher will take the lead. And you need to have that real common denominator of trust between each other. And, the, you know, when Joe Girardi was my catcher with the Yankees, he could just read my body language. He could look in my eyes and tell what pitch I wanted to throw. And therefore, the, the timing and the rhythm of, of pitching was never disrupted. And, you know, that's the worst thing for a pitcher is if you can't get on the same page with your catcher. And, and then the frustration starts to mount. And then the anxiety comes. And then the next thing you know, the pitcher blows up on the mound and, then, and you're out of the game uh, before you knew what hit you. You know, David, one of the things that uh, that I always loved and admired about you is that, you know, you weren't you weren't the same pitcher in your 20s that you were in your 30s. And a lot of guys in your generation, they evolved. They learned how to pitch. And 
you know, today we've got uh, we've got starters who are coming out of the bullpen uh, that are going to pitch two innings. Drives me absolutely crazy <laughs> because I think in the game today, David, we've lost the art of teaching these kids how to pitch. You know, the CC Sabathias, like he's out there grinding every day. He's not the same pitcher he was five, six years ago, but yet here he is dominating because he's a pitcher. He's learned how to evolve, how to pitch. What are your feelings about the state of the game today? Have we lost our way as far as teaching these guys how to be pitchers? Well, it's a great point. And, you know, we talk a lot about this in the book as well, uh, is about the transition that you have to make uh, when you, when your skills diminish, when you, your fastball goes downhill, when your slider doesn't break as quickly. You have to learn the finesse game. And the difference between my era and today is that I was allowed to throw 125, 130 pitches. I and mean, there was a stretch where I averaged 130 pitches a game. So I knew those last 30 pitches were going to have to be more in the finesse style. I was going to have to change speeds. I was going to have to drop arm angles. I was going to have to figure out a way or, or invent a pitch and try to trick a hitter. And that's something that's just not going to be allowed today. I think the medical data and the trainers in the game today, they know that when a pitcher gets fatigued is when he's most susceptible to injury. So they're just not going to allow their pitchers to get to that area, and they're going to take him out of the games. And therefore, that, that, uh, that learning time, that time when you really learn about yourself and push yourself to the maximum and, and learn how to be more creative is just, is just a, a lot start it's just it's it's just the nature of the game and then you have a lot of flamethrowers in the bullpen nowadays you have so many hard throwers and so many choices for managers to bring into the game that uh you know they are almost mandated to go to the bullpen earlier because of the talent level in the bullpens uh david Cohn uh, with us uh, unfortunately we've only got a couple of minutes uh, left uh, i can't wait to uh, to read uh, this book um yeah, share with us the uh, I read the the anecdote about you pranking Mr. George Steinbrenner, which not a lot of people uh, can get away with doing, David. But you could. So you're playing the Mets 2000 World Series, and there's all kinds of TV cables around everywhere, and you tell the boss that you think the Mets are spying through the cables, and he believes you, right? <laughs> Yeah, it was great. I mean, there were so many stories like that with George Steinbrenner. Uh, we got a different version of, of Mr. Steinbrenner in the 90s than the 70s Yankees got. Those 70s guys really butted heads with him. He was a new owner in the early 70s. But by the time the 90s came around, we kind of embraced him. You know, he was kind of the crazy grandfather when he came in the clubhouse. And during that game you referenced, uh, you know, George Steinbrenner, the middle three games of the 2000 Subway Series were at Shea Stadium. And he rearranged the furniture. He had all the furniture from Yankee Stadium brought over to Shea Stadium so it would be navy blue like Yankee colors and he proceeded to sit there from three hours before the game to almost two hours after the game and he rooted and he yelled at the TV yelled at umpires he was so intense and so I saw my spot I went up into the clubhouse in the middle of that game and I saw all those cables and I told George I said look this is not normal here something's wrong with this uh, I, the Mets I know the Mets I played for the Mets they're spying on us they're stealing our signs and he jumped up off the sofa and he ran around and he got on his knees and he started grabbing and poking at the cables and then he 
raced over, and he was going to talk to the commissioner at the time, Bud Selig, and he was going to air him out. And then finally he looked at me, and he saw me laughing, and he said, are you messing with me? And, and finally, I had to fess up at that point, and the, 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 the gig was up. And, and, and luckily we had that relationship. I could see him. It looked like he was going to blow up at me, and then he just kind of started laughing. And, 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 and he, he, gave me, he came over and got me in a hammerlock, you know, put his arm around my head and tried to get me in a hammerlock. And, and it, that was the kind of relationship I had with George. I mean, there were several stories like that where I could poke fun at him. You know, it was lucky because we won four out of five World Series championships, so that helps. When you're winning, yeah, yeah, you can yeah, get yeah. away with that a little bit more. But, but uh, you know, George was, uh, he was just remarkable like that. He was so intense, and there's so many Steinbrenner stories. I mean, I talked to Larry David once, who obviously created uh, the Steinbrenner character uh, on Seinfeld, and, uh, and he said, uh, you know, it, it, he didn't really even know George, but all the stories that he created there that he, he drew from were all true stories, and, uh, you know, he really nailed it. If you've seen Seinfeld and you've seen, you've seen George Steinbrenner on Seinfeld, I mean, it is really uh, true to a T. I think Larry David nailed it. Uh, David Cohn uh, with his full count. The Education of a Pitcher, Grand Central, uh, is is the publisher with Jack Curry. Uh, congratulations on the book, uh, David. I'll tell you, it's going a little smoother for you than it did uh, for uh, for Ron when his book came out. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel bad about that. You know, uh, you know, I love. I'm sorry, I was going to ask you that. You're like New York pitcher, Dave. You're like, I got a book coming out after he did. You're like, oh, great. People are going to think I'm next, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel badly. I, I mean, it's, I, I, you know, that's that's the worst thing when you do a book and you have a situation like that, and you, one of your teammates calls you out. Uh, but then you start doubting whether you should have done the book in the first place. Uh, you know, and yeah. we got to get you out of here. I know you got to go. You got more interviews to do. But there's great stuff about Boomer Wells here, in which basically it was David's, uh, it was David Cohn to keep David Wells out of jail. That was your job. You told him, <laughs> "I'll keep him out of jail. Don't worry." And I didn't realize you guys actually stayed at different hotels. Which it might have pissed some other people off on a team, but we can't get into this now because they think I wouldn't mind staying in my own hotel. But I know we got to go, but we'd love to do it again when you have more time, Dave, when you're not on the tour. But congratulations on the book. Can't wait to read it. Thanks for the time, man. No, thank you, guys. Great interview. Thanks for having me on. There's uh, David Cohn uh, with us. That's one of those deals, Joe. You can never get enough in in 10 minutes with a guy. No, no, Cohn. I could talk pitching with him all day long, talk baseball. You got to be kidding. Yeah, so just imagine, so 2000 World Series, all the cables around the clubhouse and stuff, and Cohn convincing. He's like, I played for the Mets. I'm telling you, they're up to something. And that's why it's hard for me to believe. spying on us through the cables. That's great. Imagine George Steimer getting on his knees and like, and then going, I'm going to see the commissioner about this. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And then imagine how hard it is, too, to have to be here in Miami and to see a Derek Jeter run an organization like this and the coming from that kind of, you know, he was a George guy. Like if anybody, if any of that should have rubbed off on Jeter, you would have hoped that he would have taken that here to Miami. And we've got nothing even remotely close to that. He's a George guy right now, like George was in the early 70s, mid 70s. Yes. A good point. Yes. Good point. point. The irony. Yep, it's funny crazy. too. And, and George Steinbrenner was asked once when people all oh, the Yankees spent so much money, sort of in the A Rod era, etc. And he goes, he goes, uh, he said, "I used to be cheap and not spend any money." He goes, "It was empty here." <laughs> he, goes, <Yeah. laughs> he admitted it, right? He goes, "Ah, oh, I was never not cheap." He goes, "I tried being cheap. It doesn't work in New York. There's too much, you know, too yep. many other competition." You know, and, yep. and, and, he, and he said, "He goes, I realized by signing the best players, you give the you give a good product and." People respond to it. 
And look, they built that brand of sort of, forget about the Raiders and a commitment to excellence. You sort of believe the Yankees have a commitment to excellence all the time, Joe. That's correct. Yep, and they and they built that. They they earned it. You know, yeah. he he went out there and earned it because there were a lot of lean years there early on. Yeah. You're right about that. Yep, there well, he were a bought lot the team of lean for five years. million dollars, guys. Yeah, from CBS. Five. <laughs> yep. My God. Yep. Yep. Crazy. I don't think you can buy a parking like spot at Yankee Stadium for five million now. No, nobody wanted it. Remember, nobody wanted the Yankees. Yeah, CBS Crazy. TV was like, "Yeah, take it, watch it." Yeah, I don't. What am I going to do with it? <laughs> Five million dollars. Uh, crazy. And it wasn't so like yeah, you paid five million dollars for the Yankees in the '30s or something. No, in the '70s. No. No, they sucked. Yeah, and the Bronx, Bronx Zoo, New York was a war zone, dangerous city. You're yeah. right. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. All right, thanks to what David Cohn for joining us. Uh, great story. I wish we had more time to just imagine the World Series, Subway Series, a bunch of cables all over the clubhouse and stuff because of the television networks are there. And it's like more than usual since the World Series. So there's like cords and cables and like big, you know, so you guys know like the big, big, thick sort of like, you know, television truck production co- cables and stuff. Yeah. He tells tells George Steinbrenner he thinks the Mets are stealing the signals through the cables and they're spying. <laughs> Just imagine, imagine George Steinbrenner getting down on his knees and looking at the cables, and Steinbrenner started getting all pissed off and going. And he said, "I'm going to speak to Bud Selig about this. I'm going to look into this." And uh, and as he was going to do it, he he looks at Cohen. He's like, "Are you effing with me? Are you serious about this?" And Cohen tells him that uh, I'm joking. And like the thing is, nobody ever pulled practical jokes on George Steinbrenner. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like he gets shot. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like, are you insane? You know, you know it was right out of George Costanza type of thing. I think sure your organization is. stinks. You run it into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> hey Cougar, your company sucks. <laughs> yeah. No, and people don't know back then those cables. And I worked when I went to the Masters, Gabe. The ones that come out, they were big, thick ones, like snakes. It's not just like a couple little wires running out like those cable truck cables there's it's like thick 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 ass spaghetti there and it's everywhere too it would be an absolute shit show so uh good stuff <laughs> got like cone so uh dan daly will uh, be joining us in about 10 minutes at time after the uh, the update about 609 yeah. or so uh we've been spoiling you guys if you're tuning into the fantasy sports uh, radio network and uh, watching it etc whatever platform you're tuning in on Getting some kick-ass guests, not just on, on, on our shows, but all across uh, the board. But, um, you know, we've had some great guests on uh, over the last uh, months or whatever, year, et cetera. But Dan Daly, really one of the best uh, golf handicappers out there. Um, we'll run through Dan Daly's. We never have enough time with Dan, but we'll run through his top five, his long shots, and, uh, and who he thinks is going to win. I did sprinkle on one of the players. 
uh, that he thinks is going to win. I took Jason Day as well because he was on the show last week. Yep. Figured, uh, you know, a little good karma there. You know, it's interesting, though, Cam. Last week, Jason Day was 30 to 1, 35, 33 to 1. This week, you can't find them like better than 22 to 1. Looks like, you know, exactly. Jason Day is a popular pick. And I've got the optimizer here. And I'm looking, and uh, Jason Day actually has the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. They're saying he has the eighth best chance of winning in the computer. That's good. The optimizer likes him better than the the betting board because he's probably around number 12 to 14, Gabe. So I like him. Length of this course, he he has it. Game time decisions continue.